Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome to the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm your host, Megan Dwyer. Today is another fairly impromptu episode for me. Um, I really just want to talk about something that's been on my mind lately. Although I did jot a few notes down before I recorded so I can organize my thoughts, but it's still a little messy, so bear with me. So I've had to step away from my normal pace or cadence or whatever of podcasting this week because I've been dealing with some family stuff at home. I know I mentioned before that my husband has lost his job a few times over the last couple of years. He's thankfully working now and it seems to be a good fit. But it's just so interesting to me how like as a culture we do we do this like how once we check a box that all of a sudden like we think everything's just going to fall into place. Like, everything's going to be fine right? Like no problems, no stress, no anxiety from here on out. It's like, you know, in the movies and the stories that we hear, it's growing up that like, we'll just live happily ever after. No problems. And I think we, we like to think this because we want to cling on to something. We want to hope that things will be a certain way because that feels good. That feels comforting to know, right? But I'm learning that that's not the way it works. This has been a tough week for us. I've mentioned again, you know, a few times on the show that my husband's lost his job a few times, three times in a row to be exact, all after only a few months for one reason or another. And he's terrified that it's going to happen again, rightly so. I did, by the way, get his permission to talk about this in case you guys were wondering. Um, So obviously this fear, right, creates a lot of anxiety for him. On top of the, and me, by the way, um, on top of the already existing shame and unworthiness that he feels for losing the jobs in the first place. And on top of that, there's also this underlying cultural expectation, which I've talked about before, that just because he's the man in the relationship, that he should be successful. And by that, I mean that he should be providing the majority of the income for the family. I really think that despite how much the world has changed, there's still a ton of stigma around this, especially for people my age. I'm 38 because we were raised by a generation who still likely believes in 1950 stereotypical gender roles where the man contributes more to the family's finances and the woman stays home and takes care of the kids in the house. But here's the thing. If this never happened to him and me, I wouldn't have the chance to learn the lessons that I'm about to talk about and to grow in the way that I am right now. And believe me, I'm still in the thick of it. We are experiencing tons of growing pains and they're painful. They really hurt. So here's a few of the things that I jotted down before I started recording this. The first is that I still have shame. My relationship with this dynamic in my family, in my house, in my marriage still isn't fully healed. Even despite the fact that this is a theme that I talk about all the time on the show and the fact that I have a whole episode on being the breadwinner, I still struggle. 
And honestly, I think my husband does too, even if it's subconscious. He jokes, but I think deep down there's some insecurity around the fact that I'm the quote-unquote sugar mama, which is what he says a lot. But there's some underlying wounds there. And combined with my shame, right, it's shame on top of shame. And it goes unspoken because we don't have the time to talk about like anything in our house with the kids around, much less digging deep into subconscious beliefs stemming from childhood around shame and worth, right? I, I think it's also important to recognize that these, uh, just recognize the underlying beliefs that we have. And we'll know what those beliefs are, by the way, because there's always a trigger or there's some emotional reaction. And those are signs pointing us to those, to what those beliefs are that need to be worked through. And so we need to, to look at those beliefs, those underlying core beliefs that we have. And we also need to be aware of how culture reinforces those beliefs. And we need to be able to start calling bullshit on all of it because none of it matters. None of these things that are in our head actually impact who we are as people. We're surrounded by people who I think are drinking this cultural Kool-Aid of, of success and it ends up making us feel badly about ourselves and it has to stop. The, the, the second thing that I'm thinking through here is our relationship with ourselves matters. Above all, we need to have massive amounts of self-compassion, grace, and acceptance for ourselves. Maybe we didn't turn into the people who our parents wanted us to be. And maybe we didn't turn into the people who we wanted us to be, for that matter. But that's okay. Really, it is. All we have is the present moment, who we are today and how we treat others. And deep down, I believe that we're all doing our best. And sometimes life just plays shitty tricks on us. When we can accept ourselves for who we are today, not who we thought we would be or, we, or who we hope we're going to be in the future, we can start to take that massive weight off of our shoulders. I also think a part of healing this relationship with ourselves is questioning our use of the word should. Because when we use this word, we're not accepting reality. We're talking about something we wish we had or something we wish we were or some, someone we wish we were, which is motivated by a lack of self-acceptance, right? I think in addition to this, we need to normalize failure. We live in a culture where we think that the path to success in life is to not make mistakes, to never fail. And I'm using fail in air quotes because what does fail even mean anyway, right? And we always feel like we have to make the right decisions. Maybe some of the time we need to screw up in order to find our way, right? And we're starting to see more and more people share their stories of the mistakes that they've made, of the shame that they had and how they didn't always make the right decisions along the way, which is great. But we need, what we see with these people is them talking about their experiences after the fact. Like that happened and now they're in a better, more successful place now. But what about having this perspective while you're in the middle of it, when you haven't quite turned it around yet and didn't do something else amazing? I want to see and hear more from those people because those are the really vulnerable people. They're the ones who are in the thick of it and don't know how things are going to turn out, but have the courage to have the hope to believe in themselves. That's really inspiring to me. And that's what I want to see more of. And that's what I want my kids to see more of. 
I don't want them to just think that life is hard sometimes. I want them to know that people can overcome adversity and they are stronger because of it. And the last point that I have here that I'm thinking through is as hard as this may seem, we're not supposed to know how it's all going to work out. I'm a planner. My job is a financial planner and I am obsessed with control. I want to know exactly how everything is going to go in my future because not knowing gives me massive amounts of anxiety and makes me worry, which takes me away from doing all the cool things that I want to do. Some days I wish I was a more go with the flow, fly by the seat of my pants kind of person because deep down I know that there's the, the joy is in, is in the anticipation itself. It's like the build up to Christmas, right? Or even just the act of opening up a present like without knowing what's inside once you know what's inside it's fine maybe you like it that's cool maybe you don't whatever but now you know and that's not as fun as not knowing right another example is like the build-up to a vacation it's this anticipation that's exciting about it because we all know that once we're on the vacation itself you know especially if you've got little kids it's not going to be as great as you expect it to be let's face it right um so Life over the last few years has put a major stress on my marriage, our souls, our resiliency. It has been incredibly hard for me to watch someone who I care about so much go through so much pain. But I know that setbacks happen, even if they seem prolonged and never-ending. And I believe from the bottom of my heart that we will move through them and we will come out stronger on the other end. I will leave you with what I think is my favorite quote of all time by John Lennon. Everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. All right, you guys, thank you for listening today. I thought this would be important to share, um, to just to share some of the really raw and vulnerable stuff that's going on in my life. Because selfishly, I needed to do this. I needed to get out of my own head for a few minutes and see the big picture. And what I'm going through may not be relatable to some of you. And for some of you, maybe it is, or maybe it is now. Maybe it was at one point in your life, or maybe it will be at some other point. So for every one of you out there that listened to this to, all the way to the end, thank you and I feel you and I'm here for you and I'm sending you all massive hugs. <laughs>